our brother in the Lord. <laughs> Great. And thank you, Greg, for what you're doing with our youth. Thanks. Yeah, and James helps Greg. Good. Yes, Sarah. Wow, so prayers for your mom and dad as they bring your brother back home. Good, thank you. Yes, Karen. Wonderful women's conference with uh, a lot of people from outside the church too. So, good, thank you for all your work. Yes, James. Yes. Wow. So do we have to call you Uncle James then? Okay. <laughs> Better than St. James, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, Grant. You, you know, this, this paintball is really weird what they do because they, they have guns, but you don't call them guns. You call them markers. This is very Christian, you know. And, and, then, and then you don't shoot somebody, you mark them. And they make splats on you and so on. So Grant was bragging about getting to mark the pastor. But I got you, buddy. <laughs> he goes around saying, I got this big knot on my head where the pastor marked me. So now we're calling him knothead. <laughs> you open it up, I'm sorry. I wasn't going to share that. I set a new record. I was out every time, which is not good. I also shot one of my own men once. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. <laughs> but I got him good. <laughs> I mean, I marked him. I didn't shoot him. Ooh. Twice, yeah. <laughs> it's the only guy I found open. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, what else has God been doing? Nothing? Leon, nothing? Oh, wait, Leon's getting up here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Leon. Sorry I had to drag it out of you. <laughs> there you go. Congratulations. Yeah, Brandon. <laughs> and such good teaching going on there. Yeah, very good. And games, yes. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff leads the games for one. <laughs> Humbleness here. Anything more? Yes, Linda. Karen, thank you for making the calls, and Kim, thank you for getting information out and, and taking all of that as well. So 
That's a great job, folks. You know, one of the things our brother last week, see, that's how you handle it, Greg. Our brother last week who preached is that he, he came out after the first service and he said, what a great church this is. And, and you really can sense that. And so thank you for your desire to serve God and to grow in him. I mean, that says a, a ton of things to people who come. So let's pray again, then we'll get into God's word. Lord God, again, thank you. Thank you for this chance to be here in this church. Thank you for your word and the chance to preach your word. Lord, uh, may the words that come out of your mouth come out of my mouth. May the thoughts that you think be thoughts that I think. And as we share, may our ears all be open to hear your message. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand as we read our scripture passage together. It's a familiar one to you since we looked at it a couple of weeks ago. So let's join together in reading God's word. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the word... Very good, you may be seated, and so ends God's reading. So let's see, two weeks ago we talked about what? You just read it, you should know it. Be very careful how you live or how you walk, depending on which translation you have. And then it says, not as unwise, but as wise. I mean, th that's an easy message. You know, watch out, be careful. There's things going on out there that, that are trying to engulf us, that are trying to capture us, that are trying to get us into its clutches, and we have to be very careful how we walk. I, I mean, yesterday was a great example with the, the paintball. I mean, you just don't go walking out there in the middle of everything or you don't last very long. You be very careful how you walk. I was not very careful how I walked. I was very unwise and not wise, although I didn't know that. And yet sometimes that's the way life is as well. That we get into life and we think we got it figured out and we start walking in life and we find ourselves walking in ways that we should not walk. It doesn't matter how famous you are, infamous you are. It doesn't matter if you're not famous at all. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. There are always things to draw us off that narrow path, that straight path. And so we must be very careful then how we walk, not as unwise, but as wise. But then the question comes, how do we do this? What's it all about? How do we make this work? Because it's easy for me to stand here and say, be wise, walk as wise people, not as unwise. And your question always should be, pastor, but how? How do we do that? And let me go with two items here, one in 16, one in verse 17 to answer that question of how. And the first part of it is making the most of every opportunity. Now, so what does that mean, to make the most of every opportunity? If we were to look in the New Testament, we would see that there are two words that, that carry the idea of opportunity or time. We'll, we'll test the Greek professor here. What, do you know what those are, Jay? Two words for time, Greek words? Kairos. There you go. See, 
I just had to make sure my notes were right. If he came up with something else, it'd be like, okay, whatever Jay says. But we have two words there that, that signify these kind of things. And, and the chronos, the chronos type of thing is, is a succession of moments from this minute to this minute, from this minute to this minute. So it's a time thing. The kairos is, is something different. It's, it's a, a portion of time, a season of opportunity. And this is, what? Yeah, wow. You know, that makes me feel a whole lot better. As I was thinking of getting up here and preaching, I was thinking, oh my goodness, I sure hope this is right because Jay's going to be right over there and he's either going to be going, amen, or he's going to be going. So good, I'm glad we have your blessing on this. And so what we have here is it talks about making the most of your life or making the most of your opportunity. Making the most of each opportunity is a thing that says you are here now, do something about it. This portion of time is here to understand the significance of life that you have at this very moment. What should you do? And it's not so much an idea of time, but the time. Do you realize when you woke up this morning, you were in the time? Do you realize when you woke up this morning, you had maybe, hopefully all of us, a whole day in front of us? And each of us made a choice as to what are we going to do with this time that we have. My prayer is that this was a wise choice for you to come here today. My choice is that this is not as unwise, but as wise, those who come. My choice is we do not waste this time of yours because you have chosen to make a decision to be here today. Now, some of your comrades have chosen not to be here today. They're making unwise decisions, I'm sure. Either that or they show up at second service. And if you need extra credit, you can come to second service as well, and we'll give you extra credit then. It's almost as if we have a time bank here, and God says to each of us, okay, I give you one more day. I, I remember the story about a man who was dying, and, and he went to the doctor, and he says, doctor, can you do anything for me as I, as I know my days are short? And the doctor says, well... All I can do is give you this, this medicine, and, and I know that it will give you another day, I think. But take it and live that day to the fullest. But if you take it the next day, I, I don't know if it will or not, but it might. So if it gives you another day, live that day to its fullest. And what if our life is like that? What if we get up in the morning and we say, Lord, I don't know how many more days I have. This may be my last day. But because it may be my last day, I'm going to live it to its fullest. And some of us are here, you know, especially some of you younger ones, you're here saying, you know, I'm only 20 or 22 or something. I got lots of days left. Well, maybe or maybe not. But if I can get you living this day to its fullest, whether you're going to live to be 22 or 23 or not, you have lived your life to the fullest. And that you will come to the point where you will have no regrets that when that day comes, when you die or are marked, when that day comes, 
you will know that you have lived life to its fullest. I, I like Jonathan Edwards. Ever hear of Jonathan Edwards? Preacher way back and, and some really famous sermons. He set some New Year resolutions. And let me read just two of them to you. He, he said, resolve to live with all my might while I do live. I like that because then there was no waste. You've lived it to its fullest. You're making wise decisions and not unwise. The second one was never to lose one moment of time to improve in the most profitable way I can. You see, life is not measured by the tick of a clock. Instead, it's measured by what goes on in that tick of the clock. So the question is, how are we doing? Some of you will say, you know, Pastor, I just don't have enough time for for my family. I, I just don't have enough time for my work. I just don't have enough time for my church. I just don't have enough time. You fill in the blank because I'm sure we've all used that. But the question comes, you have as much time as everybody else, so what are you doing with it? How do we make the most of every moment? How do we make sure we've lived life to the fullest each day? And if you really want to get particular, you can do it each hour. I think that'd make me paranoid or schizophrenic or something. To be old thinking like that is what might happen and, and oh, I got to do everything right now. I mean, we'd have too many Energizer bunnies running around. And yet we still can come to the point where we realize that God, you have given me this minute. You've given me this hour or this day or this week. Let me live it to its fullness. You know, I, I appreciate you making wise decisions. And after just saying that, I'm glad you haven't gotten up and walked out thinking, I got to go do something with this day other than just sit here. But understand that we are called to make the most of every opportunity. But look at verse 17 then. This is the how continued. How do we make the most? How do we be wise and not unwise? And verse 17 says that we are to understand what the will of the Lord is. My goodness. But pastor, I'm just, I'm just a person. How do I know what God wants? And by the way, I'd say the same to you, as, or to me as I would say to you. I'm just a person too. And for me to think about understanding God to any degree, I, I don't know how I do that. I mean, he's so superior. He's so much further out than I am. And yet we are still called to understand what the will of the Lord is. And, and some of us would say, you know, if, if I just had it before me, if I just had it down in black and white, then I could do it. Guess what? We have that, don't we? That's what God's word is all about. You know, the Bible is spirituality for dummies. You know, and that's not putting the Bible down at all. That's putting us down in that we may not understand, but God understands us. And because he understands us, he puts it out there for us and says, here is my desire for you. Whenever somebody comes and says, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I don't know what God's will is. I like to go to a special verse in Romans chapter 12. Anybody know what verse it is? Verse 2. Very good. I love this church. Yay! And one. Oh. Okay, good. I like this. Yeah. Look at that, what it says there. 
Do not conform any... Oh, wait a minute. Before I read all this, I want you to get the gist of this. Go down about to... Um, look at the last sentence there. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, that should make you want to go up and see, well, what is this then? Well, let's look and see what that is. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is God's will for us? God's will is that our minds might be transformed, that they might be changed, that we might become new creations, that we no longer conform to this world, but that we are transformed. Our minds are made new. My goodness, that kind of ties in with the be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, doesn't it? You see, if you want to know how to do that, if you want to make the most of every opportunity, then it is don't let the world grab you. Don't let it squeeze you. Don't let it make you what it wants to make you. But instead, you stand for what God's will is, to have a life that is changed. You know, when a, when a caterpillar moves into a cocoon, it comes and transforms into a butterfly. We need to be in our cocoons, and then we need to come out of our cocoons and be transformed, to be made anew. And if you looked at the Greek in that, and it's been a long time since I preached a sermon on that, but I, I, I think the whole idea of that transformation is the change that takes place. Let me let you look at another verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. And it says, it is God's will, ooh, Ooh, I like that. You see, it's black and white. You don't have to wonder, I wonder if this is God's will. I wonder if I should do this. No, we don't worry at all. We don't wonder at all because it says, this is God's will, that you should be sanctified. Oh, gee. Now they put a hard word in there that I don't know what it means. What does sanctified mean? We studied this in our men's Bible study just last week. What? What? purified, okay? And, and the word that kind of goes along with it that we kind of get confused is justified, sanctified. Justified is as if we had never done it in the first place. Sanctified is becoming pure, becoming Christ-like, growing in Christ. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Well, Guys, I speak to you on this one, mainly because we are driven by sexual thoughts and sexual visions. And I was, I was just thinking about how pornography is such a problem today, and, and we look at the churches, oh, all our men here, they're so pure. You know, their eyes don't wander, they, they don't look at things on the computer and so on, and yet statistics tell us, and I don't even remember the percentage of men that find themselves in some kind of pornography. And that tells me it has to be in the church as well. Guys, if you don't understand the word sanctified, then you can understand avoid sexual immorality. 
Do you hear this, men? Say amen. Amen. Ladies, same for you. I'm not as concerned about you there, but it still can be a problem for you. But men, I'm especially concerned about us. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should be purified, that you should become like Christ. Oh, my. That gives me enough to work on for a, a long time. In fact, my guess is that as we look at God's word, that we probably are given 90% of what we should be doing as men and as women. That it's clear that it's there in black and white, and you don't need to come to me and say, Pastor, I don't know what God wants me to do. Read the book. It is there. And when we read the book and we see that it's there, then we have marching orders. And then it's up to you whether you're going to march or not. Some of us don't even read the book. Some of us read the book and we don't march. But some, the blessed ones, read the book and they march. Men and women, may we be those kind of Christians. That we seek what God's will is. That we look at what God's will and then we march towards God's will. <coughs> okay, that's the first thing. But secondly, let's look, and how do we know God's will? Well, we can better understand God's will for us by talking to him through prayer. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Look at this verse. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. My friends, we need to be praying that God will fill us with his knowledge, with his understanding, that we will gain spiritual wisdom so that we will know then how to walk, not in unwise ways, but in wise ways. Now, doesn't it make sense that if we want to know someone, we got to spend time with somebody? You know, some of you know I, I know better than others because I spend time with some of you more than I spend with others. And I could know you a lot better. You could know me a lot better. But to do so, we'd have to spend time together. It's the same way with God. If we want to spend time with God, we got to spend time with God. Not just talk about it. Not just think about it, but actually do it. And if we're going to spend time with God, we got to talk to him. And he has to be allowed to talk with us. You know, I'm real good at praying because I can just pray and pray and pray. Do I listen? What about you? When you talk with God, is it all one-sided? And are you always asking and asking and asking? What happens if we sit down and say, God, you tell me. And then we keep quiet. That's a novel concept. Then you can't use the excuse, well, pastor, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Good. Open your heart. Open your mind to hearing God. There's a fun little poem, illustration. I don't know what it's called. It's called Time to Pray, though. And it says, I got up early one morning and rushed right into the day. I had so much to accomplish that I didn't have time to pray. Problems just tumbled about me and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me, I wondered. He answered, you didn't ask. 
I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the day toiled on gray and bleak. I wondered why God didn't show me. He said, but you didn't seek. I tried to come into God's presence. I, I tried all my keys at the lock. God gently and lovingly chided, my child, you didn't knock. I woke up early this morning and paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish that I had to take time to pray. Wow. I feel a little guilty. I don't know about you. I mean, how many times have I said to God, God, I, I, I got to go. I got to go. You know, I'll just do a drive-by prayer, okay? You know, I'll, I'll pray as I'm going to church. And then I pray for about two seconds, and then the radio comes on, and then I forget to pray some more. You know what I'm talking about? Are you with me there? You know, what happens if we become a team with our Heavenly Father? What happens if we become partners with the King of kings and the Lord of lords? What happens if we step out of our, our house and we're armed with the Spirit of God, with His presence, and with His Word? Does that change things for us? Try it. Try it and see what you find. So the third thing is we're looking for God's will. We're talking about look at his word. We've talked about getting to know him, pray with him. The, the third thing is to seek wise counsel. Well, why? Do you ever think you're short-sighted sometimes? Do you ever understand that you don't understand everything? Does that become evident to you? When that becomes evident, then the best thing that we can do is, is to go to another brother or sister in the Lord, and notice I say somebody in the Lord, and ask questions. Open ourselves up to hearing what they have to say. Because when we do that, that blind spot, all of a sudden will become more evident. As a friend who really loves us and doesn't mind telling us the truth, taking that chance, will say, you know, here is the log that is in your eye. This is something that you can work on. Seek that wise counsel. So once we understand then what he wants, then it's the point of doing. Understanding and then doing. My friends, we really don't have a moment to spare. You know, you're going to leave this sanctuary and some of you are going to go do whatever you're going to do. Some of you are going to go to Sunday school class. Some of you are just going to stand and talk and, and all that's fine. But remember, you've been given that moment, that time. Act not as unwise, but as wise. Ones who seek God, who want to know him better, who want to love him more who want to joyfully serve one another. Wow. we got our work cut out for us. And yet God's waiting for us to help us in that venture. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you that we can come. And <laughs> I just thank you that you put up with me, Lord. And I thank you that you put up with those who are here, that you take each one of us in your hand and that you love us. Lord, I know you want us to grow I know you want us to be more like you. And Lord, I pray that is our desire as well. 
May that be the truth that's not only on our lips, but the truth that is in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. We can now have the ushers receive the offering.
Thank you. Thanks, Julie. Aren't you glad God's love never changes? Because we don't always act the way we should, do we? Aren't you glad that when we don't do something that we should be doing, that God doesn't say, oh, I don't like you anymore? Aren't you glad that doesn't happen? Or when you do something you shouldn't be doing, I don't like you anymore. Boy, I'd be on the bad side all the time. Thank goodness his love doesn't change for me. You know, at the risk of boring you terribly, I have one more paintball story. And, and I, I tell you this because I, I think it really works here, and I hadn't thought of saying this at all, but as I was sitting there, I thought, ooh, this is good. The first time we went out in the field, there were two teams, one against the other. And, you know, you have these guns, these markers, and you have this canister on top with all your paintballs. And so I went out there, and first of all, they had to show me how to shoot it and make sure the safety was off and all those things. And, and uh, then I hid behind a tree, and I'd shoot, and then I'd hide, and then I'd shoot, and I'd hide. And, and then when it was all over, and they had us first time do it for five minutes or something, and then we came off, and, and these guys went over and got a whole new canister of paintball.